welcome back to Bleach Mouth Postscript. My name is Larry. This is part two of my conversation with Soul Charge guitarist Jason Sparks. If you have not already listened to part one, go back and listen to it now, then pick up after that. Or not. Do whatever you want. I'm not the boss of you. I'm not trying to live your life. I think the difference the difference is and I'm really talking specifically about the New York scene in the 70s. I think that from what I've read and what I understand I might be wrong about this that that, that group of musicians was a little bit older than your average hardcore kid. You know, these were guys already in college, guys and gals. It was a little more artistic and I don't mean that in a you know silly artsy fartsy sort of but they're they they took they they were a little they had a bigger umbrella with sure. what they considered punk rock yeah i mean the ramones sort of codified it but i don't think that they meant to mm-hmm. you know and things followed after that and you know hard, most of the hardcore bands were really 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 young guys yeah. so i think that the spirit was the same the idea that we don't want to be a part of this other thing is going on in society. I think it just manifested itself completely different. Hmm. And what I mean completely different, I mean, like as far as the, the, I mean, there are some of those earlier punk bands that are just absolutely savage sounding in the context and not even just in the context. I mean, I'll put any Stooges record up against a lot of hardcore <laughs> bands. And I can tell you that's heavier, more nasty sounding than a lot of other sure. things out there, but it sounded like much younger people taking what they heard these older cats doing Mm -hmm. and they just distilled it their own way. So I think the spirit's the same. I think it just looks different. Hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, with the exception of the UK 82 thing, you couldn't really take a lot of the quote unquote punk bands very seriously politically because a lot of them weren't really coming from political, you know, slant necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've no doubt that the guys in television were probably really progressive minded people, but that wasn't part and parcel. I think hardcore bands really picked up on that. You know, Mm. when you talk about, and I think they're a hardcore band, but when you talk about the dead Kennedys, you know, they're about as political as they get, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's truth to that, but I always felt like jello snottiness. Like they were always a punk band to me, but I liked them. You know what I mean? I just well, never, I never associated with them with with what I will call my version of hardcore. Right. No, and that's <laughs> again, that's a completely that's a completely valid valid point. I think you know back to what I was talking about. You know, when you have discussions like this, a lot of younger people they just want to be dismissive of the conversation altogether, as if somehow, you know, an older guy having an opinion that isn't necessarily a part of the current. Uh, group thinks that guys whatever somehow i'm being dismissive of what they're thinking i don't think that at all i mean i think dead kenny's is every bit as much of a hardcore band as minor threat was you know but they Mm -hmm. sounded different because again they're one step away from punk rock and Mm -hmm. hardcore at that time i think had a broader umbrella than it does today Mm -hmm. i think that hardcore now is much more limited in sound and scope than it was but yeah i do i do i mean because you have 
you have a band that sounds like and, and there are outliers don't get me wrong mm-hmm. um i think there are old school sounding hardcore bands and bands that sound more metal sure i think you kind of have one of the two varieties and mm-hmm. there's all the intricacies in between there and, and things like that but um and and that's really a gross representation of it at large generally speaking but usually when i hear a band like a current band i think to myself well this is the band that people would call punk even though they're not straight up punk Mm-hmm. And this is the band that they would call hardcore. And one sounds to me like a hardcore band, the other band sounds like a metal band, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm not even judging it, you know. Yeah. I just think that I've I said this in my conversation with Jeff, you know, for there were bands incorporating a ton of metal in their sound in the 80s for better or worse cuz there are a lot of really horrible ba- like as a complete aside. Look, Anybody who likes DRI post dealing with it, I don't know what to tell them. I was I, never really big I, on DRI, but I, I have no room for that in my life. Yeah, but the, I mean, DRI coming up, like DRI was like a thrash band. Yeah, the crossover yeah. thing. But if you yeah, listen, to, if you listen yeah, to dealing with it and the stuff before that, that's straight up hardcore. <laughs> So there were bands doing it before integrity, but that to me, that really signaled the sea change when it became, it was already kind of cool to flirt with metal and it was Mm -hmm. cool with metal bands to flirt with hardcore and punk. Mm -hmm. But when integrity, when integrity, those who fear tomorrow came out, it was like, okay, everything's different now. Hmm. Everything's different for better or worse, depending on what side of the fence you stand on. If you, Mm -hmm want to stand on either side for me i'm kind of like okay well there are plenty of great bands that followed them you know sure. and they were directly inspired by integrity and got no problem with that you know right. mm-hmm. but i think that that's when people sort of said it was, who were playing what i would have defined as metal calling it hardcore and they can point to integrity as as the the reference this, point yeah and they're yeah, not gotcha. wrong they're not wrong but sure do you think that's like a re do you think that's a regional thing because we're here or was that like i think for a long t- i think for a long time it was regional because i think I, integrity i mean you you can't help but hear judge and integrity 
I don't think Judge was as metal as Integrity was. No, I, I definitely know, but I, I think uh, they didn't have the trappings that Integrity did. Hmm. I mean, maybe, yeah, sure, certainly. I, I mean, especially but, in the early stuff, right? Well, I think, I think the earlier stuff I hear more Judge, like mm-hmm. the seven inch in particular, mm-hmm. uh, the incontestant seven inch, I hear more Judge. But on those who fear tomorrow, I hear more Chromax. Yeah. Yeah, like per- particularly on the faster stuff, like those. I mean, there's still a lot of punk sound on that integrity LP. Like, slow it down, give it a bit of a more of a D beat, mm-hmm. and take out the leads. Yeah, it's pretty punk sounding to me. You know, I mean, but sure. Um, but yeah, I think I think everything that came after that was drastically changed and it felt more regional back then but looking back on it now it was pretty nationwide because well you can look at the pockets of bands that were kind of like doing that afterwards and Mm -hmm. they may or may not have been directly influenced by integrity but that's kind of for me you know where i started seeing things going in this other direction it's funny you mentioned chromags you want to hear about the first time i heard chromags yes please uh everybody talks about like that was the 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 pivoting point right when punk rock became hardcore was like the chromax i think that's a that was a at least when i was coming up right listen to hear me out where i was coming up in newark mm-hmm. right that like oh chrome like this is where it switched like this is where crossover you know like the punk and the and the metal like became hardcore so i'm like all right i gotta hear like age of quarrel right changed everything and it's a great yeah. record don't get me wrong so i go to threshold right that was my spot back in the day and the only thing that they had on the shelf was Alpha Omega. Oh, That's the first dear. time I ever Chromax. I never listened to the Chromax again for like 10 years <laughs> until I joined Run Double Run and we were covering them. Like I, I was playing uh, Life of My Own and what was the other one we used to play? It's the, it's the Limit. When it starts with the drums yeah, and the, the bass. Play. Yeah. Yeah, we used to play Life of My Own and It's the Limit, which are both off Age of Coral. I never heard those songs before. Uh- <laughs> I was like, I was like, dude, Chrome, like Alpha Omega, what? And, and then Don Fuse, he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you go to go back, you got to get H of Coral. Yeah, and that's... then I heard it. I'm like, oh, okay, I get this now. Yeah, I'm like, is that a bad brain drift? Yeah, is that I mean, like, uh, there's like 17 bad brain drifts on that record. <laughs> bad brains riffs with a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of dash of discharge, a dash of Motorhead, you know, sure. a little bit of. Everything, all sorts of the stuff. whole pot right that was going on back then in new york and it's very yeah. it's very cool i don't find fault for him at all but like for me as a young kid to hear alpha omega for the first time be like this is this is like when you're still trying to figure out we're talking about what's hardcore i'm like this is a hardcore. oh yeah and imagine me being a fan having got that record when it came out at age of coral yeah. and then you know i'll ride for best wishes i will i will there 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 you can't i I, I just there's so often I want to Larry believe me I want to just can't I mean uh, the greatest artwork in the history of like album covers ever right Lorna Shingo yeah. ripping her on your crash poo apart love it I have that shirt that I turned into a patch right it's on the back of one of my jackets yeah I can't can't do it fair enough I mean because I would I'll, love to hear that record with John Joseph singing though I would too yeah. my my two faults with that record are there are two complete and total duds on that record like songs that just get rid of them 
right? And then the other problem is, you know, I'm not a fan of Harley's vocals, but I like the riffs enough to where I can sort of overlook it. It's rare Mm -hmm. that that happens, Mm -hmm. but like the song on there, the song Age of Quarrel on that is a fucking ball buster of a song i just make a i just make a point to say well this is their metal record yeah you know i mean it sounds like the crow mag still but that's like when they kind of that's their metal record so i just accept it on those terms but mm-hmm. i kept when i heard about uh alpha may coming out like oh john joseph's back in the band i was like excited mm-hmm and I had seen them. I had seen them play twice with John Joseph. So I was like, yeah, and then but if one, they're not playing anything but Age of Quarrel songs, you're not going to know any difference, right? You didn't know what's coming. Yeah. I, I saw them twice with John Joseph, saw them on the Best Wishes tour. They're great. All three fucking times. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Boy, I was pissed off when I bought Alpha Omega. I could not, and you know, they're not giving you a refund for it. <laughs> so you're pissed. And, you know, it's, they're not my favorite band. I don't even know if they're in the top 20. I mean, they might be, but I will say that they are the best live band I've ever seen. Like uh, they played with destruction one time. Mm, you and, saw the lineup. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. was even the best wishes tour when it was Harley singing, his vocals were much better live. They And PD Hines was PD Hines was playing drums and he's a monster drummer. He's yeah. I mean, everybody talks about Mackie, and they're not wrong, but Petey Hines is fucking awesome. Yeah, I saw – we played with them, actually. Uh, my old band, Final Summons, opened for them on the Revenge Tour in Columbus. How was it? It was good. I mean, I have fond memories of it. Uh, All at War played, and they destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, that band's so good. Um, and... People keep telling me to listen to them that I would like them, but I have not – Oh, dude. You I haven't heard a single I, note. I don't know. It still holds up. I will tell you that much because I tell you what, out of all the players, I'm not a big Spotify guy because they just screw bands. I'm like, I like going to band camp and just discovering new stuff based on what I buy or the labels that I'm into like right now, you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, but Apple music, I feel like Apple music knows me. Like I asked Siri to play a song. She pulls it up on Apple and then the next like 15 songs were all bangers. Like, I'm like, damn Apple, like, you know, like you're reliving your childhood, right? On this drive home from work. And it played uh, one of the tracks off that, the LP, the Victory release, the Victory Records release for All Out War, the full length. I don't remember what the name of the album is, but it was, yeah. it's insane. It's killer. You definitely got to check it out. I, I will. There's a lot of stuff I'm going back and either re-listening to, to get a better perspective of it from mm-hmm. the 90s or I'm discovering for the first time. Yeah. Because I kind of, at one point, I kind of, just sort of i dove into the basement thing mm-hmm. it was more my my aesthetic and those are the kinds of bands i was playing in at the time uh two bands after i was in the splinter sound a lot different than splinter mm-hmm. did and um so for me it, was, it either had to be really fast or really really slow it was mm-hmm. one of the two and nothing in between you know so i missed out on all out war and a lot of bands that were coming out at the time mm-hmm. and you know i was being short sighted but i was just fed up with a lot of stuff that it was just like it was yeah. like uh, you know yeah so i don't i never i never get upset about not hearing a band or knowing who a band is and i never get mad at people that get mad at me for that <laughs> like oh you've never heard this like like i don't i just missed it like because i like to be turned whether it's a brand new band or something like that i missed growing up as a kid like 
just this week, you know, listen to that Where It Went podcast about um, Inside Out. I didn't know that Vic played in a band called Statue. Never heard the Statue EP. Mm-hmm. Found it on Spotify. Listen to it. I'm like, holy crap. Didn't Chris, didn't Chris Bratton play on it too? The drummer from Inside Out? I, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you, but the mu the, the singer I've listened to it a couple times. Singer's vocals are growing on me musically, though. Very very good. Yeah, musically very good. Uh, vocals, they'll they'll come around, and then and then beyond. I don't think I've ever heard beyond. should listen to it i mean i just you just because you get like you said like you get you become enamored with certain things at that time and that's you know you get that tunnel vision you know yeah i I just kind of missed it right it yeah it's and that's totally normal i mean i think i actually kind of like it when somebody hasn't heard something that maybe a lot of people have sort of been really into yeah i Um, love being turned on and i love exactly other stuff dude yep that's where i was going yep exactly um so yeah very good so we're talking about metal broadly within the context of hardcore, but you have an unhealthy obsession with Thomas Lindbergh from At The Gates, you said. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I kind of wanted to be like, well, I just don't want to talk to him about just hardcore because, you know, probably have a, a, an eclectic audience, you know, no, you know, and I, I think a lot of people feel like hardcore is something that you like grow out of. But me, I just, I never did. Like I yeah. found, I found my niche and I, I stuck with it. You know what I mean? I still, it still we're, resonates with me. We're giant man children is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I hate that too. They say it's for children. I'm like, all right. It's, yeah, it's I, not, it's, it, 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 it's like, here, here's the thing. It's still, it's still music. Yeah. Right. It's still music. It's still, still relatable. You could still appreciate the musicianship. You still appreciate the recording, the energy, like all of that stuff. It's no different than, you know, listening to, uh, you know, any, any kind of like record or song that evokes some kind of emotion, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, whether it's Motown or like you and Jeff talking about John Williams, man, like I told you that, you know, we were texting, like that took me on a whole, just like another place. Cause I remember like, oh man, first time 
first movie I ever saw in the theater with my dad was uh, 1989 Tim Burton's Batman. Mm-hmm. Love the movie. Love the soundtrack. Yeah, Danny Elfman. Danny D- Elfman is a it, fucking Elfman. Amazing. Genius. Right? Total genius. Yep. I was like looking through his his uh, credits, you know, on his Wikipedia. Total, like a lot of Tim Burton flicks. Um, what, else, what else is on there that really surprised me? I can't, it's escaping me right now. But uh, just so good. And I, I just learned like two years ago, he was an Oingo Boingo. <laughs> I never knew that. I think... I think I knew I don't remember when I heard that, but I knew it was pretty early on that I heard that. But like my favorite soundtrack is Nightmare Before Christmas that they did. Yeah, totally. Because another Tim Burton flick. Because not only did he he's singing all the parts that Jack Skellington sings. That's his voice. That's him singing. Oh wow. There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this? Children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They're busy building toys and absolutely no one's dead. There's frost in every window. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. And in my bones I feel the warmth that's coming from inside. Oh, look, what's this? The hanging mistletoe. They kiss? Why, that looks so unique. Inspired! The gathering around here is story roasting chestnuts on a fire. What's this? What's this? In here, they've got a little tree. How queer! And who would ever think? And why? They're covering it with tiny little things. They've got electric lights on strings, and there's a smile in everyone. So now correct me if I'm wrong. This looks like fun, this looks like fun. Oh, could it be I got my wish? What's this? Oh my, what now? The children are asleep. But look, there's nothing underneath. No ghouls, no witches here to scream and scare them or ensnare them. Only little cozy things secure inside their dreamland. <sighs> What's this? The monsters are all missing and the nightmares can't be found. And in their place there seems to be good feeling all around. Instead of screams, I swear I can hear music in the air. The smell of cakes and pies are absolutely... The sights, the sounds, they're everywhere and all around. I've never felt so good before. This empty place inside of me is filling up. I simply cannot get enough. I want it, oh, I want it, oh, I want it for my own. I've got to know, I've got to know it is this place that I have found. What is this? Christmas town? Hmm. He doesn't doesn't do the voice during the... 
the acting bits, but the songs, sure. that's all oh, Danny Elfman. Oh, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, that's yeah. Danny Elfman, and he's very cool. Awesome. Yeah. But Tom, uh, yeah, so, Tom, yeah, so Tom Lindbergh doesn't sound like Danny Elfman. So no, he doesn't. So yeah, it's a circle back. Um, <laughs> trying to like get away from this, this, uh, this hardcore spider web that we're in right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like at the gate, Slaughter of the Soul, when that hit in the late nineties, it was another, like, what is going on with Sweden? Like what is going on over there? It was so good. Love. I love, I would love to say that I love Swedish thrash, but I really was just had obsession with at the gates and then that band they did after the haunted um and then i found skit system yes 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 holy fucking shit I will fucking dude, right? They're so good. They're so <laughs> ridiculously and good. You know the thing, the thing that I didn't want to put it in the five, the top five is because my favorite skits of some record stigmata. He's not on it, right? He was yeah. out of the band in like 04 and that came out in 06. But kids that are that are into DB and the crust, when they talk about his heroes gone, tragedy, trap them. All those kind of bands. I'm like, you ever heard of Skid System? And they're like, no, it's that. I'm like Thomas Lindbergh from At the Gates, baby. Yep. Here you go. And I just sit back and I just watch their heads explode. They they give me the same feeling that uh, nausea used to. Oh, dude, from New York. About, yeah, when you were you were talking about that with Ashley, I haven't I haven't heard them since hearing the uh, New York hardcore the way it is comp. 
Yeah, and, and so good. And that's a great song. That's a really yeah. great song. Yeah. But if you listen to say like the Cyber God seven inch and compare that, that's more in line with like skit system system. Right. Yeah. If I'm even saying skit system right, it might yeah, be. Skit. I think I'm pretty sure yeah. it's skit system. But I mean um, the English translation is shit system, but I think yeah. I don't know if it's pronounced that way or not. I couldn't tell. But uh, you know, that so nausea really set me up for that. And um yeah, it, the Cyber God seven inch in particular. It's funny because what a people a lot of people don't know the drummer for nausea, Roy Mayorga, mm-hmm. he's a drummer for Stone Sour. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And he really? played dr- he played drums in Soulfly for a long oh, wow. fucking time. That oh. makes more sense because I could see how Yeah, because Cavaliers you know, loves hardcore, right? He yeah. loves punk and he loves hardcore. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely see that. But yeah, yeah. I mean skit systems that scratches an itch that you know, unpopular opinion time that tragedy will never scratch oh, for I me. Totally agree. I I bands, but, yeah. I cannot stand tragedy. Cannot stand them. Uh, that's. I mean, I just throw it out there as a name that kids, you know, that are in like hardcore kids that are into the D beat stuff throw out. Yeah. Um, that stuff for me k- kind of really peaks at his heroes gone with uh, what's that record? Thirty six counts of arson. Is it that one? I think so 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 good and seeing them in columbus and then i mean you kind of find the cream of the crop with skit system and then but then there's like like me i've always loved going to local shows bands like pillars pillars Mm -hmm. destroys they're good that's that's where beth came from you know yeah soul charge came from pillars and mike burroughs was the drummer for a really long time played on the abandoned record is one of my good friends who worked at guitar center together for almost 10 years yeah that that's a really good band uh i also like victims from sweden quite a bit they're 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 um essentially a db band they did a um a a bunch of records on havoc and their guitar player was the bass player in nazem for a little while um i don't know if you're familiar with nazem then not, yeah, the name I know the name. I yeah, know. you should you should look into Nazem. They're 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 a grind band, but they mm-hmm. really have they care about writing songs. Sure. So there's a lot of uh, uh, harmony going on there that you don't anticipate, and mm-hmm. song structure that makes sense. And like if you listen to the Helvet LP, it's incredibly catchy. I don't think of grind and catchiness in the same, you know, because when I go to sure. grind, when I go to listen to grind bands, I want a different thing. Come, 
that that band is really good. But uh, Victims is another Swedish uh, quote unquote DB band that's really really that's pretty cool. good. Yeah, I'll check that out. There's actually a newer band. I picked up their LP on Bandcamp like maybe a year or two ago called Crutches. Really good stuff. I have to look, actually, you know what? Let me look that up. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. But did you, uh, so was that the At The Gates record you lived with most or, or you Slaughter of the just... Soul, 100%. Yeah. yeah Any of the sure. other ones at all? Mm, I can't say that I did. I like the new one and I saw them when they came, they played in Cleveland in 2018. Mm-hmm. And if you would have told me when I was a kid, that I would have saw at the gates in Agora with like 300 people in the ballroom. I would have told you to shut the fuck up. But the guy, they killed. They were awesome. How do you feel about uh, any of the other Swedish bands that are of that uh, metal you know, sort of thing? You were going to ask me that. I like because uh, I know there's the. I was into old In Flames. I saw In Flames when they came through in Columbus growing up. Didn't care for the, the kind of like new metal way that they kind of went with the later records. Mm-hmm. I remember vaguely. Um, I actually just went through the Haunted discography, mm-hmm. and after hearing those records again for the fir- like for the first time, quote unquote, the second one, the Haunted, made me do it, still sticks with me because that's what you expect, right? Because that's the thing that sounds most like at the gates. But I definitely appreciate what they tried to do with the first and maybe the third or fourth record because they kind of switch. They switched between singers. Like the singer on the first record is the same as the second, and he, the mm-hmm. singer on the second record isn't the same as like singer on the third or even the fourth but when i got into the unseen i had to take a break because that record's just terrible like i usually don't i don't like to shit on stuff but i was like mad and it's very rarely when i commit to something like that i don't make it all the way through and i had to stop like i just needed to like a palate cleanse so i haven't finished the discography yet um but still with the haunted it's the haunted made me do it for sure because that's kind of when you hear ex-members of at the gates that's what you expect but back to the thomas Lindbergh thing and this is always a controversial hot take with my metal friends is that he did a guest spot on uh, a band, a, a record for the band, the crown mm-hmm. called crowned in terror. And that record fucking rips. It's probably one of my favorite things that he did outside of at the gates on and system. Cause he's got, I mean, he's got lockup. He's got great deceiver. I mean, he's, it's, he's all over the place, but that crown record, what's funny about it is like a few years later they re-recorded it with the original their original singer and the original singer has a much more guttural kind of like death metal growl yeah and i don't think it fits the music at all like i'd like thomas is like thrash you know like the screeching yelling kind of like thrash vocals so much better and for a long time i was like I was like, I was like, all right, we'll probably end up talking about this. I should see if I could find it. It used to not be on YouTube. Like they took it down. It, someone has since posted it again, but it was like, they almost tried to make it like it didn't happen. <laughs> like with Thomas. And I'm like, well, I don't know why it's one. And the, yeah, my buddy Arnie, who's like a super huge metal head. He's like, dude, fuck that record. It's on death metal record. I'm like, it's probably why I like it. Yeah. You know, cause I prefer, I prefer the, like the melodic death metal, you know, the thrash over uh, the caveman style. Yeah, over the yeah, over the you know, I don't even I couldn't even tell you a death metal band these days. Um, over like, well, what did we grow up with? What was huge? Like the, you know, the Cannibal Corpses and the. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not a Cannibal Corpse. I'm not a Cannibal Corpse fan, but like the <laughs> the Swedish bands, um, you know, I, I, Slaughter of the Soul for some reason didn't stick with me when I first heard it. 
Really? And I may need to go back to it. No, definitely. But that, but that's because I had prior to that I had gone and seen Entombed. Oh yeah. And I. That's interesting. I grew up on their first two records. Not grew up. What's, I mean, what are the first two Entombed records? Left Hand Path and Clandestine. for sure i wouldn't i wouldn't even put the even entomb originally from sweden they're from stockholm stockholm yeah but they're much left hand path is much more of a what i would consider like a traditional death metal record yeah except their their guitar tone was real specific to that like they they sprang they they were in a band called nihilist in the late 80s Mm -hmm. and nihilist sort of kind of broke up and the two things that sprang forth were unleashed and entombed Mm -hmm. and uh, entombed that guitar tone 
was a big deal to me because I had never heard anything quite like that. And I was like loving death metal, you know, like I was all on board for the early death metal bands like death and possessed, you know, before they became one became more progressive, one became more straight thrasher, like that caveman sort of thing. But Entombed had this guitar tone and this vocal style that was like, okay, you know, but with any with any great band that's sort of spearheading a certain sound, you know, you start it starts becoming diluted a little bit, you know, with other bands that are aping that. Like I know a lot of people who love Dismember, who is of that mm-hmm. a lot of people who love carnage who is of that mm-hmm. that little group of bands yeah, yeah, I all those but bands. but really it's just for me it's always just been entombed and unleashed at least their early stuff entombed sure. way more and i've seen entombed play and they're pretty fucking great yeah they're awesome i saw the, the first <clears throat> first time i saw bloodlet was one they're on tour with entombed columbus I saw them on that same tour. They played the Euclid Tavern and oh, nice. Scotty had called me. He said, are you coming to the show? And I'm like, yeah. So got it. I got to meet uh, LG Petrov, you know, who was, they're a weird band because he was their original vocalist. Uh, and then he quit the band or got kicked out or something like that. And on Clandestine, Nikki Anderson, the drummer, did all the lead vocals. Hmm, interesting but they had hired another singer in the interim after the record was done. And they credited him with the vocals because they didn't want anybody to know that Nikki was singing. So they wouldn't expect Nikki to sing while they were playing. So when I saw, when I saw them on the clandestine tour, I was none the wiser. I didn't know Nikki Mm -hmm. Anderson had done all those vocals until like six or seven years later, you know, hear that, hear that guy goes off and he does helicopters and all this other shit too. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's cool. What do you think of that new Blood Rock, Bloodlet EP that came out? Like, I like it. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I like it a lot. Point, man. So good. No, I think the only and those guys are actually really good friends of mine. I've stayed in pretty close touch with Scott, not Matt as much, but Scott and Thomas Crowther, who came on board in the early two thousands when they did Three Human Nights LP, which is a really good record uh, on Victory. I've stayed pretty close touch with Scott over the years, just because you know we had we played a bunch of shows together even though they were from florida not a bunch mm-hmm. but a small handful that's a lot mm-hmm, they sure. actually they actually played my first wedding oh really that's awesome <laughs> we <laughs> when nikki and i were getting married we had a a regular wedding thing and then we had a reception for the family stuff and then there was a show afterwards nice and the show so was rock of you it was bloodlet Anguish, Harriet the Spy, Grain, and Three Studies for a Crucifixion. The most mixed Holy bill cow. you can imagine. And Dude, awesome. they had they were getting ready to go on tour for the spring and they arranged their tour so they could be there for the mm-hmm. wedding. So mm-hmm. and I saw Scott a couple years ago when he was playing with his other band at the Maryland Doom Fest and we hung out that whole weekend. And they're good people. And I was really, really happy when that newer record came out because I felt that the I felt that the first two records they did for victory, the songwriting was there, mm-hmm. but I think, I don't know that anybody knew quite how, what to do with them in the studio. You know, like I always felt, I always I felt, that. I always felt that like, I, it just didn't like, there were all the EPs that I was living with, you know, mm-hmm. and then the, the, the first, first one was an eclectic, just like in a collection of the EPs. Yeah. It was a collection of the first three EPs. They did yeah. uh, one on, yeah. Eth- Eth- what was the second one? Entheogen. 
at the agent, yeah. Just and then they did recorded. uh Seraphim Falls, and they were mm-hmm. they were good records. I liked them a lot, mm-hmm. but I was like, what is this missing? Like it just felt um like they weren't capturing. No, it, it like it, it didn't sound the way I was seeing them live, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when they did Three Human Nights in the Cypress Trees, when they got back together, I was like, okay, this sounds more gotcha. like they do live. And then the newer stuff sounds more like that they do live, at least how I remember it. Oh, interesting. So it was like they're, they're a fantastic band. I think a lot of people sleep on them mm-hmm. and some people actively shit on them, which I think is completely absurd. I've never heard anybody. Uh, not I, I have. And I think it's just, you know, people just want to make hot takes now. You know, they don't yeah, really. I, <laughs> if it's, I can't I, I, like it. Yeah. I can't, I can't speak highly enough of them as people, let alone yeah. just being a great band. They're yeah. really cool guys. Phenomenal. Yeah. So we're, we you're obviously have to play a blow that song, even though it was on my list. What are you going to play? Uh, probably Litany off the first seven inch. Cause that was the first song I fell in love with.
they did that. So it, it came I out. Still on... warm up with that bass line. What is that? That's either shell or cherubim. Shell. Shell. I think it's shell. That was the third. It was the third set, or maybe one and only, because that was off the second set. That was their hit. I used to I'm tease Scott. I'm like, you're gonna play lyrics. the hit tonight, and he would like look at me like, <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago when they were tour- playing. I think they were. I don't know if they were touring or they playing a show. They had they had taken a picture and posted on social media of like their their basically like the bar, mm-hmm. and I posted lyrics that said, "I have not the taste for the flesh of the innocent, but this lager makes my mouth water." And they were like, <laughs> they were like, "You win." <laughs> I got to meet Dave Lombardo because of them nice they were they were on tour and they were playing a show with uh coal chamber and um grip incorporated holy cow and it was at old peabody's and i came to show and charlie who is their drummer again he goes do you meet dave lombardo and i'm like like fuck yeah i do yeah so i fear we're gonna go to the bar it's like no 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 no. so we we went on the bus and i was like oh okay you know nicest dude totally yeah. every bit as laid back as people say he is just like sure. hey good to meet you yeah. totally like, super nice yeah. guy you know that's awesome um How good is charlie dude drummer from bloodlets he's absurd Whole he's he's re- ridiculously good he's the kind mm-hmm. of drummer that i said i thought to myself i'm like those are the kind of drummers i want to play with almost exclusively now mm-hmm. like guys who are really technically proficient but can rein it in when you absolutely need them to they know what to play when to play Yep, and they service yeah. the song, but mm-hmm. there's no totally. doubt that he's a fucking monster who could do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Totally. I That's love awesome. that. And he's got like a natural um he plays loose, and I don't mean like he's slightly off time. I mean like it's an effortless sort of Yeah, effortless, very it comfortable line to kit. Doesn't sure. doesn't sound like a machine, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um yeah, bloodlet bloodlet's great. Um awesome. So your guys' seven inch is really good. I like Thanks. it quite a bit. I remember I hadn't heard you I wish guys. it was on a seven inch. Final's the next the next goal. But yeah, the, wait, the, why can... am I convinced it's on a seven inch? Um, I don't know, because I'm I did the layout as best I could to look like a seven inch. <laughs> That's probably why. I know. Yeah, we did the we ended up doing cassette. I couldn't I was like, all right, if this is what kids are into, we'll do it. You know, it's yeah. like I said, but yeah, I won't. Well, the EP so bad. Yeah. The well, EP. you should, you should. Well, here's the thing about vinyl. Well, we'll go into that in a second. It's so expensive. Yeah. Tell me about it. It's, uh, but it's on my, it's on my bucket list. Yeah. Um, but yes, thank you. And I love your record too. You know that. Oh, uh, thank you. Like you and JC and like, you guys ride hard for us, man. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, Josh is, um, Josh is one of the most, and I don't mean this in a in a in a backhanded compliment sort of way. I know some people might think take it like this, including him. Josh <laughs> is one of the most earnest people I know, and he's kind of infectious about it. And and when he's into something, you best believe he's fucking into it. That's you know, awesome. and yeah. he doesn't. He he's you know he's he's not the kind of guy to shit on something, but he also doesn't give compliments freely.
happy like when i saw you guys playing like it was such a cool bill because you had like you know in cold blood was headlining and you guys and us and who else persistent group, or um you're in persistent yeah group us uh, Ax- <laughs> axioma yeah axioma that's right because john did double duty that night yeah totally you yeah. know but um i was like i really loved the energy that you guys are coming out coming off at the stage but the cool thing was that there are actual songs there too because there are plenty there are plenty of bands who play hardcore and the energy's right and they're fun to watch but i'm not gonna remember the songs afterwards i'm just gonna walk where it's gonna wash over me and be like that you know yeah so um but so are you guys did that come out on cassette on delayed gratification? That's kind of why I'm bringing this up because you're talking about some of the newer labels. Uh, on yeah, your I was you're actually a about- fan of of delayed gratification before Vladi put out the the EP because we we just dropped it. We did a promo on Bandcamp and then got the buzz like, hey, because it was a long time to get things together because everyone was playing in other bands. You know, David, our drummer, was playing in American Werewolves and Snakes at the time. Elliot, our singer, is in Harvey Picar. Um, it's a band he plays guitar in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our our first bass player, who we practice with, and um, he originally recorded with Ian, but we but by the time we got around to putting it out, we re-recorded the tracks with Beth. Like we just mm-hmm. thought that was the, f- the fair thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Rich was also playing in Snakes and American Werewolves, I think. Wow. Um, so, dude, it, 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 it was impossible right but i had been sitting on sitting on these songs for so long and i felt like it's now or never like i gotta do something with this stuff and david posted a thing like i think american werewolves was on the outs and he snakes was like you know just like a punk band but he wanted to play something heavier and i was like dude and we had tried to jam before like after heads held high broke up he he and rob schultz and, and elliot played in heads held high i don't know if you've ever heard them or caught them like back in the mm-hmm. early 2000s um great hardcore band um so we had tried and we had jammed once in my house with rob on bass me and guitar and Dave on drums and it went really well but none of us were in a position where we could practice on a regular basis at either one of our houses right yeah. it's just that that issue you have with kids and married and, and work and all of that stuff like so it just got delayed again. And then I was like, man, why don't we do something with this? It's okay. Yeah, I remember those songs. It was good. We'll just jam at the the Snakes practice spot. And we we started putting the songs together. And then Rich jumped on board, uh, but then was also playing in two bands and going to school and working and decided it was he didn't want to be in another band, which is totally fine. Um, and Elliot jumped on uh, to sing. 
And as just as we were getting ready to, the songs were solid and we we're getting ready to go to the studio, Elliot went on tour with RP Car for like two weeks. And you know how it goes. Like you're in a band with everybody that's in other bands and you guys are really far apart. It's hard to get together, right? Yep. So at this point, <clears throat> the bar, the expectations are very, very low. Like the bar is so low. That way, if we do anything, like I'll be happy with it and satisfied. Yep. So we finally got into the studio with Ian who plays drums and uh, in Harvey Picard, we tracked at his house and then Noah over at um, Mercenary. He mixed the masters for us and it was so fulfilling for you know i'm going to be 42 next month and for the first time putting out something that i actually wrote and played on yeah you know so I mean? how how long after run double run did you i mean what's the time frame we're talking about <laughs> so between that frame, and this uh are you talking about from when it came out or when i wrote the songs well between the time that you were death playing and run, taxes, run. so uh -huh. death and taxes and southpaw were songs that i wrote in run double run for run double run uh-huh like people ask the that the sort of outro to southpaw like is that foos thing i'm like no it's me it's like kind of sounds like foos so i was like well i wrote it for him you know like yeah. 15 years ago but again, okay that's the great that's the great thing of hardcore like it's kind of just timeless right like i like you know we say it's we're man children right and hardcore's for children but the, i think the cool thing is that connecting that because you're a father yourself right kids love predictability like they love to know when things are happening and the exciting thing about hardcore is like oh here comes here comes the mosh part like here comes the gang vocals like i get so worked up about it like still to this day at 42 like oh this is where they better go with this right so <clears throat> writing a song you can write a hardcore song 15 years ago and then put it out today and it's still like the goal is it's still relevant it's still good yeah you know, maybe your guitar tone's more modern maybe you're singing about different things right because you're older a little older a little wiser um but yeah i mean it was it was basically basically 15 years and the other three songs i wrote um with the drummer like i played in names from graves mm -hmm. shortly after run double run i don't know if you remember that was with john millen from committed mm -hmm. um and but i was a hired gun in that band yeah. again like their ep had already come out they needed Think John was on guitar at the time. They needed a bass player, so I jumped back to bass, and we, we toured, and it was great. It was fun. When that kind of ran its course, I didn't do anything for a long time because my career at Guitar Center was kind of taken off. Um, so I never did anything. Like I actually demoed the songs with uh, Mikey B, Mike Burrows from Pillars, played on the Pillars record when we worked at Guitar Center together. I'm like, hey, I got. The, I know you're not really like he's not really into hardcore there's some bands that like we really agree like he rolls hard for his heroes gone he likes the d-beat stuff like the mm -hmm. crust punk um but he also really likes uh stuff like like strike anywhere right or rise against even which even surprised me i'm like well you know this is kind of i mean it's in between you know yeah. what I mean? not so much this not so much but it's in between so this at least like demo for me right so if anything like i'll sing on it or i i thought that maybe at the time, um, you know, there was feelings that Run Devil Run might get back together and might put it on the record. It's like, at least I'll have something to hand Foos to write lyrics to, you know? So that it was kind of like, and then again, like time just gets away from you. Yeah. Right. So we, we had broke up officially and gosh, when, when the heck was that? 2004, maybe? And then we did like a little reunion show as a fundraiser in 2006. 
I recorded the, and that's kind of when the feelings started coming up. Like, oh man, we should play more show. Cause you know how it is. Like you get yeah. together and you do it and those feelings start to stir up in you again. You're like, oh, we can do this. And then no, it just fizzles out. doesn't work out. Demos I just sat on forever, but you know, <clears throat> playing this long, something that I sit down with my guitar. Like if I sit down with my guitar and I play something I wrote 15 years ago, to me, like that deserves, I'm not saying it's good. Don't get me wrong, but trying to like separate myself from, uh, I think how to say like, just kind of to separate myself from the fact that I wrote it. Like, yeah. is this a good song? Yeah. And if, again, if you're, if you're playing a riff you wrote 15 years ago, guys and gals, it's probably a good freaking riff. Yeah. You probably finish writing that song and you should probably record it you know what i mean so <clears throat> yeah i mean sorry long long story short yeah it was like 15 years from the time no. of a run until finally coming to fruition with soul charge and i'm eternally grateful to beth and dave and elliot for inter- kind of just like entertaining me with that mm-hmm. and, I'm, and i'm so glad we got it out of the way because the stuff we've written together is that much more like satisfying to me it's yeah. like okay this is out of the way you know what I mean? like i can write this off the bucket list and city have, ha- city have a lot of material we do we have right now uh we have the the first song we ever wrote together as a band um was the single we dropped back in march to raise money for to help raise fun, uh mm-hmm. funds for beat the streets cleveland and that was before really before the whole world exploded so we got to kind of yeah. circle back and try to like you know that's that single still sells the merch still sells and that money's kind of sending in an account for them but you know once things started to kind of explode with covid and the george floyd thing and all that it was just kind of like we i feel like um you know we kind of just sort of lost momentum like the the i don't know i feel like priorities shifted for everybody because now people aren't really aren't working everyone's hard up like you know we've already spent that first stimulus check it's kind of you know it was really rough but um yeah i definitely would like to get back to uh to put some focus on that to help raise money for that program it's a great program so yeah that was the first song we wrote together and we have two songs that we've you've actually heard that we play live that we just haven't recorded yet and that's cash cow and uh another one that's in french elliot wrote the lyrics and named it. i can't remember the title of it but it's along the lines of that more melodic kind of because we have melodic hardcore leanings mm-hmm I feel yeah. which some people have criticized like, this song's weird i'm like okay <laughs> like yeah maybe maybe it doesn't fit as like a traditional well you could sell old school hardcore song but it's still in the same vein to me and i love it and elliot wrote the lyrics for that and they're, they're great lyrics and it's a great song that's that uh words and pictures song mm-hmm. um so you guys are are you guys gonna actually try to press that the vinyl then is that something uh, you're thinking about like the the stuff you've already put out i think that i don't know i'm not sure i'm not going to close the door on it but i feel like the ep at this point is kind of run its course like we did a second pre- once we sold out of the first two colors the clear and the yellow we did it again on purple and we added the single mm-hmm. uh the sackcloth grin single to it um so i feel like maybe like if someone wants to yeah um but uh uh you know we'll just see we'll see where it goes so what have you been doing with your time in COVID in lieu of uh, playing shows? The whole time. I've been, what, what was the word? Uh, essential. 
Yeah. Right. I worked for a, a, manu- a manufacturing plant here in town as the uh, the warehouse manager. And uh, yeah, it didn't stop. You know, we did plumbing tools and construction didn't stop um, until recently that place closed. The ownership sold and mm-hmm. they moved the company to Wisconsin. And I was moving there. So uh, I stayed with them until we closed the doors October 30th. And then I started a new gig a mile up the street working for a company that does PPE. And so it never, it, sorry, just, uh, just work, dude. It's like yeah. a lot of work and, um, you know, trying to write, trying to write a couple of new songs for Soul Charge. Dave and I got this, uh, this, another side project, very same kind of in the similar same vein as Soul Charge, but it's with buddies that are in, uh, uh our buddy Mark from Disappear. Uh, is going to end up singing on it. And this is a project that Kevin actually reached out to me about. Um, so we're writing records for that. We got studio time booked. We're going to go in and do our tracks and probably put it out digitally. Who knows? Five, six songs. So we've been writing for that. And, uh, you know, just a lot of uh, reading and meditation and just trying to keep my wits about me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Watching a lot of movies. A lot, not really. I kind of, I kind of just had a total blackout from movies and TV and music for a few months. I was just reading and meditating, and uh, um, just now getting back into watching TV. And it's weird how much, like, a, like how much it hurts to watch because I watch, we watch on our phone mainly. Like my kid watches his YouTube videos. Like our TVs for video games down in the basement. We don't gotcha. watch a whole lot of like maybe movies every once in a while. Um, so yeah, I'm getting back into the groove. It was, uh, I was, I stayed home. I wasn't feeling well one day a few weeks ago and stayed home and I binged uh, season three of Big Mouth. <laughs> you ever watch that show? No. Uh-uh. Dude, Big Mouth's hilarious. The TV I mostly watch is like old stuff. Like I, I, I'll sit and watch episodes of Star Trek that I've seen a billion times. Cause it's oh, like, yeah. it's well, cause I can get up and, do something around the house yeah and not have to worry about it you know sure yeah yeah. um i don't watch a ton of new tv i watch you know a lot of old movies a lot of times oftentimes it's because i listen to music so actively when Mm -hmm. i'm listening to it Mm -hmm. my background my background music as it were is actually tvs and film Mm -hmm. like i'll put that on and walk away from gotcha yeah you know if i'm Mm -hmm. listening to something i'm more actively listening to it and focusing on it where like i can walk away from you know, a program. Sure. Yeah. I got but, you. Um, so yeah, it seems like, you know, uh, that's what a lot of people have been doing with their time. It seems like, and hopefully um, with any luck someday in the future, all this will be a yeah, yeah, memory of some kind. Yeah. I hope so. You know, spring, summertime, I don't know if we'll be playing shows, but at least we'll be able to see each other in person again. Yeah. You know, I hope, but yeah, that's, that's it. I'm catching up with, uh, podcasts I, I like listening to podcasts because it's like even if you're listening to someone have a conversation it's almost like you're a part mm-hmm. of it right it's a very human yep. experience you know because like like i said listening to uh even um you and ashley like i got turned on to that Ch- chelsea wolf <clears throat> i made the mistake of starting back with the first record not my thing i only <laughs> i only listened to the one she listed and i thought okay i've oh. got this this is the one i need yeah so. that's <laughs> Yeah, that song is yeah, that song's pretty much it for me. But it was cool to like check out something not completely outside of my wheelhouse. I, I just don't really I don't know, resonate with that stuff, so to speak. Like I love 
you know, I went through a little Susie and the Banshees kick and Switchblade Symphony and that kind of stuff. Like just a couple weeks ago, I went through, you know, um, you know, their songs. I'm like, okay, it's kind of the vein. And then the stuff, her early stuff, I'm like this all sounds like Oathbreaker interludes. Yeah. You know, you ever get into that band Oathbreaker? Don't They're kind of like, uh, yeah, you should check them out. Female, female fronted, quote unquote, um, kind of, uh, I don't know, doomy, crusty stuff but they're they have these little those little interludes like chelsea like where it's just like one guitar and it's the same riff kind of like over and over but it's only for a few seconds it's not like five minutes or i like i like some doom stuff but i'm really like the same way i am with like say sick of it all like there's a record and i've Mm -hmm. got the i've got the one or two records and then Mm -hmm. i don't need anything else like i think we brought up electric wizard and you know that music I can see why people are put off by it completely. You know, it makes perfect sense. First of all, the imagery and stuff is kind of dopey. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean dopey in a drug sense. I mean, just kind of dumb. Sure. But like the record Dope Throne has a has Satan smoking a bong on the front of it. And I'm like, okay, okay this is kind of, but it's a great fucking record. But guess mm. what? I only need that one and Let Us Pray. And they've got a million records, a all million right. fucking records. I don't and know if um, I've ever heard that band. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's sludgy doom, mm. and you know those are the two records where there are like songs going on and not just somebody banging on one chord and droning gotcha. it out and yeah, just trying to sound sick, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like yeah, right. yeah. and and there's a place for that too because I do like some of that. So like I like the early I Hate God records. I like mm. the early Grief records, like because it was such a change of pace of what i was listening to at the time you know but again with anything just need a couple of them and the rest can all just take a fucking hike (laughs) it's like yeah you know sure i feel you so i don't know well it was cool talking to you man i mean this is a lot of fun i know we didn't hit all the points like i know you wanted yeah yeah, i felt like we're going around in circles a little bit but it's all good no that's okay because it's funny i thought it goes i felt that way with jeff but then when I listen back to it, I'm like, okay, you know, and mm-hmm. some conversations do that. And that's perfectly fine because mm-hmm. none of this is perfect. It's not an interview. It's just, who's it, talking. Yeah. That's all it's supposed <laughs> to be. You know, right. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't shit all over judge. Like you uh, tried to go. Oh, we, didn't, into. We, didn't, we didn't talk about robo jocks. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. We didn't talk about robo jocks or judge. Hey, hey, look, I will say this. I like Stuart Gordon as a director. Mm-hmm. The guy who directed robo jocks. Cause he also directed reanimator. Mm. oh really yeah, same dude <laughs> and the animator to robot jocks yeah and the idea behind robot jocks is perfectly fine and the effects for the time it was stop motion okay that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. but man that acting was perfectly so fine no <laughs> perfectly no fine. it's so good though that's... it's a super fun movie I'll, it's, it is i so would fun. and that's I my would, favorite part about it yeah i'd watch it again don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. just from oh, a, I have. I've seen it multiple times. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about multiple times, it, but it was just. I mean, it was just one of those movies that was on all on HBO. And our thing at Guitar Center at lunch is everybody would bring in like their favorite movie, and you know, people were just bringing, you know, like someone beat me to Batman, and someone bring it in Reservoir Dogs. You know, what I mean, everyone's favorite movies when you're in your twenties. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I'm totally gonna take these guys for a fucking ride. I'm gonna bring in Robot Jocks. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like almost like i was trolling him but we all got a laugh out of it it's yeah. like 
You know what I mean? That's what it's all about. It's all about yep. fun. It is exactly. All right. Well, I'm gonna let you go, okay. man. Yeah, man. Kids got to go to bed. So yes. Appreciate the time. So it was fun. Yeah, for sure. my work is done here thanks jason sparks for hanging out and chatting a bit uh if you are into the social media thing you can find us on instagram at larry underscore bleach mouth facebook bleach mouth postscript our email is bleachmouthps at gmail.com uh i don't mess with twitter that's been pretty well established if you want to know why just start a twitter account you'll find out for yourself it's the trash can of humanity Anyway, uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks a lot. If a